there. John chapter number 14. And we're going to read some very familiar verses. And I, what I love about these verses is they're red letters. This is our Savior speaking. John chapter number 14, when you find it. Let's go ahead and stand together, if you don't mind, <clears throat> in honor of the reading of God's Word. I've been looking forward to today because today we begin our Christmas series entitled Home for the Holidays. If you got one of our Christmas gospel tracts, these that we've been passing out, uh, it was advertising the series we're going to begin today about how Christ came to bring us all home back to the Father uh, for the holidays and not just that, but for eternity. And today we're going to begin that series in John chapter 14, verse number one. Not a traditional Christmas passage, but this is how the Lord's led us to introduce this series John chapter 14, verse 1, watch what the Bible says. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Verse 5, watch Thomas's reaction to what Christ just said. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Verse number 6 is one you ought to etch upon the tables of your heart. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Let's stop there and pray. Father, I do thank you for a great week that we've had thus far and last week, and I pray for a great week this week. Thanks for all of those who went out yesterday morning, Lord, knocking doors, uh, walking up and down the streets of Hattiesburg, inviting, uh, Lord, our community, Lord, to come and be a part of Central Baptist Church and to hear about the Savior that we've come to know personally. And I pray that, Lord, we'll continue to see fruit from that. Thank you for those who passed out so many gospel tracts this week, and we pray that they'll be read. And, Lord, I pray that Christ would be trusted, Lord, through the reading of the powerful word that's contained on that. And, Lord, I pray as your word goes out today that all of us that are here, that are, those that are tuning in on live stream. Help us, Lord, to not just uh, be here, but help us, Lord, to hear and to receive your word, respond to it. Pray your will will be done today. The lost will be saved, the saved will be challenged, and Lord, help us be willing to carry the good news of the gospel of Christ out to the world, Lord, before you return, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> You know, one of my favorite times of the year, I think it's something that uh, grows as I get older. I told my brother this the other day in Louisiana, we were visiting with him, and uh, you know, when you're young, you want stuff, uh, you want to get things, you want to have things, and the older I get, the more I just want to visit with my family, be with my family, uh, spend time with my family, and I look forward this time of the year to gathering together, just getting together with my family, spending time with them, making memories with them, eating too much with them, uh, you know, talking about old times with them. I know that means I'm getting old, but that's what I look forward to this year. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the last two Christmases, really, uh, because of the virus and all that was going on, we weren't able to, near, uh, to necessarily gather like we normally do. Uh, I think all of us get together at some point in time around Christmas, but the last couple of years it's been difficult uh, because of all the distancing with the virus. And I looked it up, and they're estimating. I'm not sure who they are. You know, I hope one day somebody explains to me who they are because they say a lot, don't they? They say this and they say that. Well, I don't know who they are, but they say that this year there'll be over 100 million Americans hit the roads heading home for the holidays. 
a hundred million of us. Now, I'll be one of those people. Uh, we'll have Christmas at our house, and then uh, we'll probably go to mom and dad's for lunch, and uh, we'll eat a little bit at our house. We'll go to mom and dad's, eat a little bit at their house, and then a few days later, we'll get in the car, and we'll drive to Louisiana to my wife's family. We'll eat a little bit more there. Uh, I mean, it's just wonderful, gaining all of those pounds and calories together. You know, It just makes us more of us to love that way, right? That's why I'm gaining weight. I told my wife I want to give her more to love, and so that's why I haven't been watching what I eat as much as I could lately, but I'm looking forward to it this year. I really am. I missed it the last couple of years. We were in quarantine for Thanksgiving last year, didn't get to go and see anybody, and I think Christmas, I mean, we may have been separated from folks for a while there, and because of COVID, we've been separated, but I look forward to getting back together with them this year, and no matter what it takes, I encourage you, spend some time with family this year. You never know, next Christmas may roll around, and you never know who may not be there the next time Christmas rolls around. I want to encourage you, spend some time with your family, no matter what it takes. Matter of fact, I heard a story this week of a, of a dad who couldn't get his older children to come home for Christmas. They got busy with life. You know, we all get busy. They were corporate and uh, up in the world and couldn't make it home. He had a son and he had a daughter, and they never would come home for Christmas. And so finally, the dad picked up the phone, and he called his son one day, and he said, son, he says, I can't take it anymore. He said, what's the matter, Dad? He says, your mom is just in full Christmas mode. She's decorated the tree with lights, the house with lights, the car with lights, the dog with lights, the trees with lights, and I'm just fed up with it, and I'm going to spend Christmas in a hotel room tomorrow morning. Well, the son begins to panic, and he says, Dad, you can't do that. You know, you can't be away from Mom for Christmas and all of that. Hey, Dad, you stay right there. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fly in tomorrow morning. You stay right there with Mom. He got on his phone. He called his sister, and he says, hey, sis. He says, look, Mom and Dad are having some trouble. Dad's fed up. Mom's in full Christmas mode. Dad's not feeling it. Dad's going to a hotel. She says, don't worry. I'm going to get on the plane tomorrow morning. I'm going to fly there, and we're going to make them enjoy Christmas together. Son called his dad. He says, Dad, don't you, don't you worry. I'm coming there, and sis is coming there, and we're going to straighten all of this out. The dad hung up the phone, and he winked at his wife. He says, I've got good news. They're both coming home for Christmas, and they're paying their own way. <laughs> now, folks, whatever it takes, I want to encourage you, spend some time with family. We've been separated for a while. We've missed that. Look, we're human creatures. We need that social interaction. We've been socially distanced long enough. Let's get back together with our family because that old virus and all that kept us separated for a while, and now we have the opportunity to come back together in fellowship. Now, I'm sure you're wondering why I told you all of that. Well, when you think about it, that really relates to the season we're in right now. You know, the Bible says in Genesis that when God created man, God created man for fellowship with him. And then man got to fellowship with God, one-on-one, -on -one, close fellowship. Can you imagine what that was like? To get to walk with God, talk with God, spend time with God. Oh, but lo and behold, something came along that broke off that fellowship with God. What was it? We know it well. The Bible says our sins and our iniquities have separated us from God. A lot like that virus has done. It separated our fellowship together. And lo and behold, our Father looks down from heaven, and even way back there in the Garden of Eden, God began devising a plan for how he was going to bring mankind back in good fellowship with him. He could look all the way into the future, and he saw mankind's need to have a fellowship with him again, and therein he devised the wonderful plan of salvation through sending his only begotten Son, that we could have fellowship with God again. Fast forward, 
Luke cha- uh, John chapter 14, we're reading about just a few uh, short moments before Christ is about to be arrested and Christ is going to be crucified. Now watch what's happening here. He has sent Jesus to come to live, to die, and rise again, that we could have fellowship again. That thing that divided us from God, that sin that separated from us from God, God has sent Christ to wipe that away so we could have fellowship with him again. And watch what he's telling Thomas. I love this here. He says in verse number two, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now, I love this last part of verse number two. I go to prepare a place for you. So he's telling Thomas, watch this, Thomas, Christ has come to prepare things for you. So we see the preparations of Christ in verse number two. Look at verse number three. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Verse number three, we see the promises of Christ. The preparations of Christ, he's going to prepare a place. Why? Because God wants to have that fellowship with us again, not just in this life, but throughout all eternity. You know, that's a good God, that he wants to hang around us all eternity. I mean, look, you can barely hang around me for an hour on Sunday morning. Guess what? If you're saved, me and you get to spend eternity together. And you can't rethink it. You can't go back on it. We get to spend eternity together. Hey, isn't that wonderful? But Almighty God made preparations through Christ, and then he made a promise through Christ. What is it? Verse number three, he says, I will come again. And then keep reading, what does he say? That where I am, there ye may be also. So sit with, sit with me, watch, watch closely. He made preparations through Christ. He made promises through Christ, and now we get to enjoy the presence of Christ. And here comes Thomas. I love verse number five, because I hear Thomas. He's sitting there thinking. He says, okay, I've prepared this for you. I've made these promises for you. I want you to be in my presence. And Thomas is like, whoa, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. You're going to prepare this, and you made us a promise, and you want us to be in your presence. I just have one problem. How do we get there? All right, what does he say in verse five? He says, Lord, we know not whither thou goest and how we can know the way. Thomas says, where are you going and how do we get there? You know, several years ago, I mean, many years ago, I was going to a graduation party. It was my high school graduation, the, the school that I went to in seminary. Uh, they invited me, even though I was homeschooling at the time, they invited me to come back and be a part of the graduating uh, class party they were having. I said, well, how do I get there? They says, go down Highway 49. When you get to the top of the hill there uh, by the fruit stand, there's a tower. Turn right at the tower. We're down on the left. Look for all the cars. So I got in my car. I drove down the road, went down 49, turned right at the tower, went down the road, and I never found the house on the left with all the cars. I never made it to the party, all right? They told me they were having a party. They invited me to the party. Believe it or not, they did. They invited me to the party, but they didn't give me good directions on how to get to the party, and I never made it to the party. Now, watch closely. Thomas says, where are you going and how do we get there? He seems kind of worried. And then we have verse number six. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You see, God sent Christ to show us all the way home. You see, we were lost, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, separated from God. God didn't want it to be that way. God says, I want to have renewed fellowship with you. I want to reconcile my relationship with you. And he sent Christ, and Christ made preparations, Christ made promises, and Christ wants us to be in his presence, and the way that we find our way home is through Christ. 
So this morning we're going to begin this series by looking at a very simple topic of finding the way home. Finding the way home. He's telling Thomas how he can find the way home. Now listen, we're not talking about just for the holidays. We're talking about eternally. God wants us to find our way back to him. And the answer is in verse number six. Watch closely what he says. Jesus saith unto him, what does he say first? I am the way. Thomas says, okay, you've made these preparations, you've made these promises, and you want us to be in your presence, okay? I want to go, but how do we find the way there? Well, Jesus gives him a surprising answer. He says, I am the way. Now, folks, in order to have that renewed fellowship with God that God desires with us this morning, we must, number one, acknowledge the way is Christ. Acknowledge the way is Christ. Now, hear me out. Christ did not come to show the way. Christ came to be the way. He didn't say, I'm going to show you the way to heaven. He says, no, I am the way to heaven. I love the word the because it means exclusively and only. Here's what's interesting. Thomas was looking for a what and a where, but the answer was a who. You think about it. Thomas says, look, where are you going? What is the way there? It's not a what and it's not aware, the answer on how to have that renewed, reconciled relationship with God is a who, all right? Not the ones in Whoville. I can see some of your mind right now. Some of you just left, and you're picturing Cindy Lou Who. Not that kind of who that lives in Whoville. We're not, you're saying, Dr. Seuss? I didn't know it came out of the Bible. No, Dr. Seuss didn't come out of the Bible. We're talking about the who in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? If we want to find our way home back to the Father, Jesus says in verse number six, understand, I am the way. What you're looking for and where you desire to go can only be found in what does he say? Who I am. Now, folks, we've got to get this this morning. This is not just for lost, this is for the saved as well. Watch this. The preparations of Christ, the promises of Christ, the presence of Christ can only be found and accessed through the person of Christ. Look, there's no back door to the presence of Christ. There's no back door to the promises of Christ. There's no back door to the preparations of Christ. You must go through the only door, which is Christ. There's no back door. What did Jesus say? John chapter 10, verse number 7, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go out in and out and find pasture. He says, I am the door. If you know about sheep gates and sheep folds, they're kind of a U-shaped, and they have a little opening for the sheep to come and go inside. At night, the shepherd will get the sheep into that sheep fold, but there's no door on it. The shepherd would lay in front of the door. That way, the only things that could get in or get out had to go over his body or through him. Now, here's what Jesus is saying. He says, look, if you want in, you've got to go through me. Why? I am the door. And then what do he say? If you go through him, what do you find? He says, you find pasture. The pasture was the preparations of the shepherd. Uh, the shepherd, by the way, Jesus, the Bible says, I am the good shepherd. He gives you those green pastures, you know, Every once in a while, I'll be going up and down the road, and I'll see somebody, I'll have a horse out there in a the pasture. Oh, horse, his old ribs will be showing, you know, out there eating all this dead grass, you know, eating all those kudzu vines that are out there. Oh, I'm so thankful I have a better shepherd than that. Watch this. When I go through him, he's prepared something for me that is good. Why? He's the good shepherd. He's not the average shepherd. 
You know, that's what the world will give you. The world can only give you what's average and below average. Look, through Christ we find the preparations and the promises and the presence of the good shepherd. But, watch this, it's an exclusive thing you only find through him. The other day I was in one of the stores. I can't remember what it was. I was buying something for my wife, maybe Hobby Lobby or Michael's or Belk or something. And the lady says, well, do you have our app? I says, do I look like a man that would have your app? No, I didn't say that. That's what I felt like, you know, you know. I guess she looked at me and thought, you just look like a crafty-looking guy. That's probably what it was. Sir, do you have our app? And I says, no, ma'am, but I'm sure my wife does. She says, well, do you have your wife's phone? I said, no, ma'am, I don't. She says, well, if you have the app, you can get 20% off today. And I says, well, I don't have the app. She says, would you like to download it now, like, like right here, right now? She says, sure. I said, okay. So I go on. I'm sitting there, and I'm watching the app load Horrible internet service in the store. I'm watching the app load, and I'm sitting, and these people are behind me. I feel horrible because these people are behind me, and I'm waiting for the app to load so I can save 20% of my $2.50 purchase, you know? It's just worth it. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. It's not loading, and I finally says, look, I, I hate to hold these people up. I don't have the app. You know, can I just get, you know, can you just give me the discount? She says, no, sir. All of a sudden, she went from this sweet, nice little lady at the cashier to like, boom, no. You can't have it without the app. And I'm thinking to myself, come on. I'm sure you have an employee discount. Now, I didn't say all of this, but she wouldn't give it to me. She said, the only way you can get that discount is to go through the app. And without the app, you can't have it. Now, folks, that's the same way it is for the preparations of Christ, the promises of Christ, and the presence of Christ. Look, you cannot access them other than the way, which is the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is no back door to the sheepfold. You can't get to the sheepfold. Matter of fact, he said, if you come in another way, you're a thief and a robber. That's not good. Folks, look, our Father wants to reconcile our relationship with him. He wants us to have that good fellowship with him again. And he sent Christ, and he prepared the way. He made promises, wants us to be in his presence. But he says, you got to go through the person, which is Jesus Christ. Yesterday, I was watching as we were on the float. That was kind of fun, to be honest with you, throwing candy at people while you're on a float, just kind of out there throwing that out. And I was watching our ground crew walk through there. Well, Brother Nate and his class did such a great job organizing that. And, I mean, thousands of gospel tracts went out yesterday. And I watched people when they would receive the track. I was so excited that folks were so kind to receive that. And they would flip it over, and they would begin reading. Can I tell you what stirred my heart? Noted on the back of our gospel tracts is the quick and living and powerful word of God. And as they read this, they found out, look, there is a way. There is a way. There's so many people in our world right now are hopeless. They're hopeless. Can't find what they're looking for. They're kind of like Thomas. Thomas says, what does he say? We know not whither thou goest and how can we know the way. Thomas says, all of that sounds good. You've prepared this for us. You want us to be in your presence. I mean, God, all of that sounds good, but how do we get it? Isn't it wonderful to be able to share with people there is a way? And it's not a what, and it's not a where, it's a who, and that who is Jesus. Now, here's something you'll find out about yourself, because we're just like all of our other human beings that are in the world. Mankind is always looking for a what, not a who. Mankind is always looking for what makes me happy, what will bring me joy, what will give me peace. Do you know why there's no happiness, joy, and peace in the world we're living in? Because you'll never find it in a what. You'll only find it in a who.
and his name is Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. I think about the Philippian jailer. What did he say to Paul and Silas? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He was looking for a what. What must I do? It wasn't a what, it was a who, and his name was Jesus. Look, you'll only find your way home by acknowledging that the way is Christ. I think about the lawyer in Luke chapter 10. He stood up and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? It wasn't a what, it was a who, and his name was Jesus. If you're here today, this morning, and you, you've heard about the promises of God, and you've heard about the preparations of God, and you've heard about the opportunity to be in the presence of God, can I tell you, it can be yours, but only through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? He says, I am the way. Now, here's what's sad. Oftentimes, even as Christians, we forsake the who for what. We get saved, we trust Christ, we're trying to live the way God would have us to live, and we get distracted by all the what's of the world, and we start trying to find our happiness in what's, and our peace in what's, and our joy in what's. And we have, Do you know that's what Adam and Eve did? You think about that this morning. Adam and Eve traded a who for a what? They had the who. They had him. They had great relationship with Christ. By the way, everything worked out well when their relationship with Christ was what it needed to be. And all of a sudden, they saw the fruit and they traded the who of the walk with God for the what of the fruit that could never deliver. Understand this morning, folks, God desires that we come home. He made a way. But we've got to acknowledge the way is Christ. I think about religions. I met a couple of people yesterday who have a totally different religion than we do. Religion always says a what. You've got to pray this many times a day. That's, that's a what. You've got to be baptized. That's a what. You've got to make a pilgrimage. That's a what. You've got to complete this area of service and good works. That's a what. Watch this. Our God says it's not a what, it's a who. Amen. Jesus handled all the what's already. He did all the work. Hey, he did all of the hard part for us. That's why he came and lived 33 sinless years on this earth. He took care of all the what's. Why? So that all that we had to do was trust in the who. And we could find our way back home to having fellowship with God. So number one, notice, if we're going to find our way home, we've got to acknowledge the way is Christ. He says, I am, look at verse 6, I am the way. What's sad this morning is the preparations of Christ, the promises of Christ, and the presence of Christ can only be found through the person of Christ. But when we run from Christ, that's when we miss out on all of those things. There's a lot of people this morning, I even met some yesterday, they're running from what they're looking for. When you run from Christ, you run from what he's prepared, from what he's promised, and you run from his presence. How sad this morning. That saved people too, by the way. Number one, we acknowledge the way is Christ. But number two, he says in verse six, not only did he say, I am the way, he says, the truth, the truth. Now, he could have just said, Thomas, don't worry. Don't worry, I am the way, that's enough. But he expounds a little bit more on it by saying, I am the truth. Now, what is Thomas concerned about? Thomas wants to find his way to the preparations the promises and the presence. He says, okay, you're about to leave us and I wanna know how we can meet back up together. He says, number one, understand I'm the way, but you've gotta realize that I'm the truth as well. So finding the way home, number two, means acknowledging the way is Christ, but secondly, you've got to agree with the truth of Christ. 
agree with the truth of Christ. You know, if you're seeking direction this morning, you need to hear truth, don't you? You know, I have found, maybe some of you in this room, I'm not sure, but I have found not everybody is good at giving directions. Have you found that out? Look, I, I grew up in South Mississippi. I was born in Hattiesburg, but I don't know the back roads, and I'll be trying to go visit somebody in our church or meet somebody for the first time, and I'll ask them, hey, do you know where so-and-so lives? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, all right tell me how to get there. All right, you go down 49. You're going to come to a fork in the road, all right? You'll know the fork in the road because there's a large oak tree on the right. My grandfather and I, we used to hunt under that oak tree. And boy, we killed seven squirrels out of that oak tree at one time. That was the most squirrels my grandpa ever said he told. And next thing you know, I'm just sitting there like, huh? I mean, we, you know, we, I never find where I'm going. Why? We have a phrase around our house entitled non-essential information. I don't need to hear non-essential information. If I don't need to hear it, look, I have a limited brain capacity. I had that before COVID, and I really have it now after COVID. It's limited space. It's like a cell phone with only eight gigs in it, okay? There ain't a whole lot of space anymore. I have to delete things all the time out of my brain just to make room for the things I'm supposed to do next week. People give me all of this non-essential information. I'm like, look, can you just tell me, go to the stop sign, hang right, go down, third house on the left, boom, you're there. That's all I need to know. Don't cloud my mind with things I don't need to know. Now, here's Christ explaining to Thomas, Thomas, I've prepared things for you. Watch this. I've prepared them for you. I want you to be in my presence. I've made promises. Number one, understand I am the way. But the reason this morning we can acknowledge him as the way is because he is the truth. 100% truth. He says, Thomas, look, you acknowledge me as the way because I am the truth. I'm not giving you anything you don't need. My daughter and I were sitting in the, uh, recline, the uh, massage chairs in the, in the mall yesterday, okay? Uh, now, we, we cheated and we didn't pay for them. We just sat there because my wife was getting her nails done and, you know, they just take so much time putting all that stuff on. So me and my daughter are sitting in the chairs together. And when someone would pass by, I just give you a secret for life, okay? If you're ever sitting in massage chairs and you're cheating by not turning them on, when someone passes by, just start moving and act like you're getting a massage and they'll just keep on going. They won't sit there and look at you like, you jerk. You're occupying the chair that I could be using. So anytime somebody comes by, I say, come on, Miley. Uh, we're just sitting there getting a free massage. And after they got past, we just relaxed a little bit. You know, it was over. I felt pretty loose after it was all said and done. We're sitting there and Miley says, Dad, I need to ask you something. 14-year-old kid, you don't know what's about to happen. I'm like, all right, here we go. Questions about life. All right. Try to remember what mom and dad told me. Sitting there, and she says, Dad, I have a question. And she said, I asked Brother AJ about it. I'm like, oh, this is going deep. Brother AJ said, ask you about it. I'm like, oh, ooh. Maybe you ought to wait till we get home. She says, Dad, I need to know about snipe hunting. <laughs> here I was. My palms were already sweating, thinking I was going to have to answer a big one. She wanted to know about snipe hunting. Dad, I, I just need to know, Brother AJ said, ask you about snipe hunting. And so I said, what do you want to know? She goes, well, how do you do it? Man, I have one of these conflicts in, in my heart where I want to say, all right, honey, you go out there in the woods, you take a pillowcase and a pie tin. Bang, bang, bang. Some of you are fixing to get helped. I'm fixing to help some of you not look like a fool, all right? And you go out there in the woods, and you bang, 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 and you beat on the pan, and you scare the snipes, and they come running into the basket. That's what they tell you. She goes, do they really? I said, no, sweetheart. It's a joke. It's a joke. Now, I wanted to tell her, look, yeah, man. First time I went, she had a sack full of them things. 
but I wanted to give her good direction. I didn't want my daughter to look like an idiot, you know? I mean, her dad does that to her all the time. I mean, when we're sitting there in those chairs, uh, she said, Dad, I love being 40. You feel like you can do that dumb stuff and get away with it. I can't wait till I get 70. I mean, we gonna have a ball. My great-grandmother used to be in the grocery store. I'm, I'm, this has nothing to do with anything, but I gotta tell you this. She was like in her 70s, 80s, she, she died at 94. If you were standing in front of, you know, the frozen foods where she needed to get, she would just slowly bump you with her buggy until you moved. She thought like, I'm 90, I can get away with it. I can't wait till I'm 90. I mean, I'm having fun at 40. I can't wait till I get away with it then. My daughter, look, I wanted to give her good direction. And so in order to give her good direction, I had to give her truth. I had to say, honey, snipes or are, are hunting snipes are not real, all right? I wanted her to be able to, to go on about her way, but in order to do that, she had to hear the truth. Now, folks, we got to understand this this morning. God provided a way to the birth of, our, of his only begotten son, that we celebrate this season to reconcile us to him. He is the way, and we acknowledge him as the way. Why? Because he is the truth. He is the truth. Now hear me out. There's no coincidence this morning that the further away from Christ this world gets, the more confusing it becomes. Our world can't find direction anywhere. It's confused, and it's lost. Why? They've rejected the truth which is the way. You see, you can't reject Christ the way without rejecting Christ the truth. You want to find the way to God's preparations, his promises, and his presence. Watch this. You must acknowledge the way is Christ. That's it. The one and only exclusive way to all that he's prepared. But number two, you do that by agreeing with the truth, which is Christ. He says, I am truth. Think about our world right now. We're confused about what marriage is. We're confused about what gender is. We're confused about what life is. We're confused about what the home is. Can I tell you why we're so confused and we can't find our way to figure out some of the most basic things in life? It's because we haven't agreed with the truth, which is Christ. You reject Christ, you've rejected truth. And when you reject truth, the only thing that's left for you to have is confusion. America's confused. The world's confused. We don't know what genders are anymore. We don't know what marriage is anymore. We don't know what the home is anymore. We're redefining life anymore. We're so confused. Why? We've rejected Christ, and Christ is truth. Look, folks, you know why there's so much confusion in our hearts at times? Because we're away from Christ. So how do you know that? Well, let me give you scripture to back it up, because I don't think you believe me. 1 Corinthians 14, 33, for God is not the author of confusion but of peace. God's the author of peace. You ever felt like your life is just this haywire mess? <laughs> Confusion? I'll promise you, God didn't do that. My wife, my wife is such a good uh, Holy Spirit number two in my life. She helps me to uh, acknowledge when I've gotten myself in pickles. Does your mouth ever get you in trouble? Gosh, mine does. My mouth gets me in trouble. Be running back and forth here and there. It's just chaos at times. And my wife will say, you know what? You've got to learn to say no. You've got to learn to say no. But I just hate saying no. I, I hate saying no to people, donuts, I mean anything. I just hate saying no. It's hard for me to say no. And that's why our spiritual lives are in such a wreck. 
we don't say no to the things that God says no to. And the confusion enters in because we have denied and neglected truth. He says, here's Thomas. Thomas is worried. Thomas is a little bit nervous and confused. What does he say? We know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? He says, don't worry. I am the way and I am what? The truth. You see, confusion is a result of refusing to agree with the truth that is Christ. You push away Christ, you've pushed away truth. You push away truth, you know what it leads to? Confusion. Confusion. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't always like the truth. My wife will tell me the truth from time to time. Uh, my parents will tell me the truth from time to time. Some of the staff guys will tell me the truth sometimes. I don't always like hearing the truth, but can I tell you, until you receive and agree with the truth, you're never going to find the way to what's been prepared and what's been promised. You've got to agree with the truth. You know, before I could get saved and trust Christ as my Savior, I had to agree with the truth that I was a sinner. And I was lost. And I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I was a captive, living and dwelling in the land of the valley of the shadow of death. Until I agreed with that truth, I could not accept the preparations and the promises and be in the presence of Christ. I had to agree with the truth. I want you to think about the Apostle Paul real quick before I give you the last one. The Apostle Paul lived a confusing life before he got saved. He was religious, trying to do all this religious-y stuff, but he was killing Christians, putting them in jail, persecuting them. He was there when Stephen had his brains beat out. His life was confusing, wasn't it? And then one day he's on the road to Damascus to go do the very same thing, arrest Christians. He had warrants for their arrest. The light shines down from heaven, and he is confronted by Christ, who is what? Truth. He's laying there on the ground looking up. It's brighter than the noonday sun, and Christ says, it's hard for thee. It's hard for thee. It's always hard when you're running from the truth. It's always confusing when you're running from the truth. Christ says it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. He says it hurts, doesn't it? And at that moment, he agreed with the truth of Christ. And next thing you know, the apostle Paul's life went from confusing to constructive. Why? He agreed with the truth. I think about Jonah. You know, things didn't end up in chaos and confusion until Jonah refused to agree with truth. God told him, Jonah, I want you to go and I want you to preach to Nineveh. Jonah says, oh, no, I'm not. Takes off the other way. And then next thing you know, here comes this storm. These guys throw him overboard. He's swallowed by a whale. Talk about confusion. You know why it was confusing? Because he refused to agree with truth. Number two, if we're going to find our way home, we're going to have to agree with the truth of Christ. You'll find your way this morning. You'll find your way to the preparations of Christ the promises of Christ and the presence of Christ once you agree with the truth, which the Bible says is Christ. That's why John 8, 32, the Bible says, and you shall know the what? Truth, and the truth shall make you free. Wouldn't you love to be free of your confusion this morning? Wouldn't it be neat if you could take all that confusion and all that mess and all that chaos that you call your life? You know, I saw some, in somebody's house the other day, they had this thing on their wall that said, God bless this mess. And I really had to think about how I felt about it. Now, if you had that in your house, I'm not, I'm not picking on you, okay? I just think, is that scriptural? God bless this mess. Look, instead of asking God to bless our mess, why don't we ask God to help us straighten out the mess? He can do that. You know, a mess is not a great testimony of who your God is. 
Is that all your God could do for you was bless your mess? I'm thankful. Watch this. David said, he brought me up out of the clay, out of the pit, out of the dirt, out of the ground. He brought me out of the mess. Why? Because that's what God can do. A life that's not a mess is a wonderful testimony of who your God is. But it remains a mess and it remains confusing until you agree with the truth. And the truth is Christ. I am the way and the truth. Can I ask you something today before I give you the last point? Are you a little bit like Thomas in verse number five? Are you a little bit worried about everything that's going on around you? It's kind of scary right now, isn't it? Scary world. I threw a kid a sucker yesterday and he threw a candy cane at me. I don't know if he was a trade. My daughter, optimist as she is, said, Dad, he was trading with you. I think he was throwing it at me. You know, like, no, I don't want that. I want some bubble gum. You know, I threw a sucker and he threw it right back. It's a scary world we're living in out there. Are you kind of like Thomas? Lord, I, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? How are we going to get there? Jesus is comforting him. So how do you know? Look at verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Can I tell you why you shouldn't be troubled? He's the way. He's the truth. You don't have to worry about getting confused as long as you have the truth. And the truth is Christ. But finally, notice what the Bible says. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I don't know if this is the way the Lord intended but it almost appears that there's a progression of events here. You find the way, you accept the truth, and notice what you find at the end of this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Christ is everything to Thomas. The way, the truth, and the life. He's everything. He's everything. Number three, I want you to notice that in order to find our way home, we acknowledge that Christ is the way, we agree with the truth, which is Christ. And finally, we accept the life in Christ. If you want to access the preparations of Christ, the promises of Christ, and the presence of Christ, sooner or later, watch this, all that he's prepared, all that he's promised has to be accepted. You know, regardless of the fact that there is a heaven and he wants you to go there, it doesn't mean you're automatically going there. You have to accept it. You have to receive it. My wife had a package come in. I'm not sure why UPS and Amazon does things the way they do. They're confused. And they usually just leave it on the back, on the front porch. And uh, we just go out there and we get it. You know, we can watch them on the ring doorbell. Aren't those fun? The other day we had a package and she says, it says delivered. We went and looked. The package wasn't delivered. We had a little note there on the door. It says, you weren't home. And therefore, we took it back with us. So I'm not sure what the criteria is why they take it back with them sometimes and why they leave it other times. We weren't there to receive it, and we missed out on it. Now, hear me out. Lost and saved alike, a lot of us this morning are missing out on the preparations, the promises, and the presence of Christ because we've refused to personally accept that as our own. You know, this morning, there are people according to the word of God, and I believe it, why? Because thy word is truth. There's people this morning that are burning in hell. There's a rich man there this morning, we know for sure. Do you know why they're there? They're not there because there wasn't room for them in heaven. They're not there because there wasn't something prepared for them. They're not there because there wasn't something in the presence of God for them. No, it was all for them. The promises were there just for them as it was you and I. The problem was they never accepted the life which is in Christ. 
You'll never have that life until you choose to purposefully accept it. Now, I'm thankful for all that comes along with it. But even after you're saved, you've got to accept what only comes through Christ. There's people this morning, we're complaining about our situation and the confusion and the heartache and the pain in our life, oftentimes because we refuse to accept the life we can only have through Christ. We're looking at all the what's of the world. We're thinking, I can find that in that, and, and that's going to make me happy, and that's going to bring me joy, and that's going to... No, no, no. You'll only find it through Christ. And you've got to choose to accept that or otherwise live without it. I'm thankful this morning, the Bible says in John 10, I am come that you might have life. He wants you to have life. He secured it for you on the cross of Calvary. And then he says, after we get saved, I want you to have life more abundantly. Would you like to have a more abundant life? I mean, look, some of us uh, this morning are spiritually boring. <laughs> it is. Some of you are just boring in general, but I'm talking about spiritually. We don't have much spark in our life. We don't have uh, uh, much joy in our life. Why? We're not living the abundant life. Do you know why? It's not because it hasn't been prepared for you. It's not because he hasn't been promised to you. The reason we don't have it this morning is we have not accepted the life in Christ. He's offered it to us, and yet we're still chasing all the what's and the that's of the world. We see that in John 8, 37. He told the Pharisees, he says, my word had no place in you. My word had no place in you. He says, I gave it to you. I gave you the truth. I gave you the way. I gave you the life. And you said, no, thank you. It had no place in you. Now, folks, we can't complain this morning that we don't get to enjoy the preparations of God, the promises of God, and the presence of God if we don't choose to accept that. This past week, I told you on Wednesday, we had the funeral for my aunt who died very unexpectedly uh, in our eyes, very young. And there at the funeral, you're always thinking about how fragile life is. Funerals are a great time to begin to reflect upon how short and fleeting life is. And you know, before I leave this life, there's so much more that God's prepared and that God's promised that I want to have. And it's kind of like a Christmas gift. We want it, you know? Everybody, look, I think the oldest person in here has probably got something in the back reaches of your heart you want for maybe a new fishing pole, maybe a new fishing boat. I don't know, maybe a Twinkie, but you've got something you want. The question is, do you want it bad enough, the things God's prepared and things God's promised, to accept them? He says, Thomas, there's no need for you to worry. There's no need for you to doubt. He says, I, I've made a way through Christ for you to come home, but understand this. You've got to acknowledge the way is Christ. Can I tell you something today? If you're here and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, if you're not sure that heaven's your home, I have wonderful news for you. It's the good news of the gospel. God doesn't like the fact that that sin has separated you and I from him. And he says, you know what? You can't do anything about it, but I can. I'm going to send my only begotten son to live and die for you. And he's going to be the way. If you'll go through him and acknowledge he's the way, you can have that. But in order to do that, you've got to agree with the truth, which is Christ. Has Christ come and Christ showed you the truth of who you are and where you stand? Look, you can have life, but you must accept the life through Christ. You say, Brother Jeremiah, I'm already saved. Well, can I ask you this as a Christian? How often do we come to church? And we hear about the preparations of Christ, that abundant life. We hear about the promises of God. 
that. Man, I sure would like to have that. And we get jealous of other Christians who do. Can I tell you why they have it? They accepted it. They accepted it. What is God offering you today? And the question is, will you leave here with it? The answer is going to come whether you decide to accept it or not, whether salvation or that abundant life that Christ came that he could secure for us this morning. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Let's stop there and let's stand together. Heads are bowed.